Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 55. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. Uh, Marco and I have a quick little update uh, for a new movie service. Look at that. Yeah, uh, we're going to do a mini review of the Studio Ghibli film from 1994, Pompoco. And then uh, our main review will be on the new horror film, Ready or Not. So without further ado guys, let's get into what we've been watching. All right, so Nabil, hello. You are my pick. Yay! You're my first first round pick of this he's, draft. Sorry, I've been I've been drafting a lot on fantasy football. Anyway, football what have you been now. What have you been watching? Um, a little bit, a little bit of uh, HBO. Really, is what I've been watching. All the hot shows are coming on there now that I like to watch. And uh, there's a new show that just showed up called The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, that's a show that's about some televangelists uh, and their family that essentially have a long tradition in their community of, of kind of building up the religion um, and speaking to the people. But it's really looking at the side of their uh, deviance, greed, and, uh, you know, also the charitable work. I've seen so, the trailer on HBO. Yeah. It looks pretty interesting. It's it's actually pretty it does, funny. Yeah. It stars Danny McBride as Jesse Gemstone, John Goodman, Eli nice. Gemstone, and Adam Devine as Kevin Gemstone. I mean, just together, all three of them are just hilarious. Uh, John Goodman plays a straight guy, so he's the patriarch of the family and is trying to hold things together. His uh, wife they, had passed away, so it's really just the kids that are there and him, and they're trying to build up their brand. Uh, the first episode, and I'll just give you a little general synopsis, they go to uh, China to do like a marathon baptism. Um, so starts <laughs> uh, you, you really see the... Uh, the dynamic of the family during that uh, baptism there's a there's a scene where there's like uh they're they're doing it in a wave pool and you don't know that at first and then all okay. of a sudden it turns on and <laughs> it gets really crazy because there's a bunch of people waiting in line to get baptized so um that's like one of the funny scenes there uh the brother danny mcbride's character he receives a video from some blackmailers seeking yes. to sully his reputation and so eli the uh, patriarch moves forward with some plans to expand a gemstone empire as while he's uh, mourning his wife, while the sons are trying to figure out how to resolve the blackmail issue, and what happens is 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 also pretty funny, and it gets really dark. And it's if you've ever seen like Eastbound and Down, yeah, um, it's it's and Vice Principals, it's kind of the same kind of comedy. Um, <laughs> oh, Danny Wright nice. does a great job um, as his character, and Adam Devine is someone who I actually really do like in here too. He's he's playing the typically he plays someone who's like a little you know stupid but he doesn't seem very stupid here he's just is the youngest of the group and so he's trying to step up and show that he can do more responsibility and nice. you know he's he's mature but of course every time he tries to do something it fails oh, I, I really like him in workaholics so. yes so it's a great show hilarious it's on it's only uh on a second episode just came out yesterday and again it's on hbo so definitely worth a watch uh, i also finally saw the movie widows by um 
uh, Steve McQueen. That's uh, starring Viola Davis as Veronica, Liam Neeson as Harry Rawlings, and Michelle Rodriguez as Linda. That came out in, what, 2018? That came out yeah. last year. And I know you guys had seen that, and I hadn't ch- had a chance to actually watch that. Not um, me. Just James. Oh, just James. I, I want to see it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. It's on my list. It's yeah. on my radar. Pretty entertaining. It's 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 different. It's a different kind of crime uh, movie. It's set in Chicago. Um, there was some turmoil for women. Um, they had nothing in common, but they their husbands had untimely died during their criminal uh, some kind of criminal activity, and they were left with a lot. The wives were left with a lot of debt behind that needed to be paid. Um, so they decide to find a way to take fate into their own hands and try to make that money. Uh, and it uh, it's surprisingly well planned how they try to make this happen. Um, it mostly thanks to some instructions that were given behind uh, for Viola Davis's uh, husband Liam Neeson. And so you kind of go through that and see how they build up and and kind of knowing or maybe in some cases some of them not knowing what their husband's activities were and trying to figure out how they can move on from mourning mourning their deaths but also having to move forward with the things that are left behind with when you know when you're involved with a with a criminal in any sense you liked it overall though yeah i thought it was great i thought it was uh you didn't know where the film was going to go yeah you know they all kind of just come together and you everybody's got their own motivation and the the heist isn't like too big and too epic but there's a good twist in the film and you kind of see the motivations behind each character and it, it actually fits well with what what they're showing it isn't like a, all of a sudden this person turns from like some mastermind criminal to you know some humble person or somebody who knows nothing and then all of a sudden knows how to pull off a job like there's there's growth so it's in pretty it. realistic it. yeah daniel right daniel kaluuya is in this movie too and he's absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's, he's intense. <laughs> this is the one where Dan Kaluuya is just like... He's just got th- that creepy smile. Yeah, this yeah. thousand-yard stare. He just pops up out of nowhere. And every time he shows up, it's like... This you is know, something intense. Yeah, yeah, something intense is going to happen. He surprised me. And so did Colin Farrell in this movie. Yeah, he was good in there. Yeah. So And then Robert Duvall randomly in this movie, too. Yep. His, his dad, so... So a lot of good characters. Um, a, lot of, a lot of big stars in there. Definitely worth a watch. It's, again, on HBO if you haven't seen it yet. All right. So let's move on to James. James, what have you been watching? I actually saw quite a few things here. So first off, uh, I finally finished Jessica Jones season three. So this is the last of the Marvel Netflix shows. And I will say, I mean, I talked about it before, so I don't need to talk about it again, but it actually ended pretty well. So it ends in a way that it hinted that there's probably going to be more eventually, but you know, unfortunately they're well, all canceled. We know this happened. wraps up the, the universe, right? The yeah. Netflix universe, basically. Yeah, this pretty much wraps it up. It ends in a way, too, where I think it does enough justice for the series in a whole, especially Jessica Jones, obviously. And um, it, it has its own little twists and turns for the most part, but it was it was enjoyable. Also, so I did see, I saw quite a few movies now, which we'll get into why we saw so much movies. But I saw the comedy drama The Farewell. So that is a oh, yeah. movie by director Lulu Wang, which is sort of actually based on a story or event that she actually like was part of her own life so basically it's about like a chinese family discovers that their grandma basically has cancer but instead of it's like terminal cancer cancer but instead of telling her they actually don't they kind of play it off that like they're going to a wedding so that they're going to china to visit her to kind of get all the relatives out there and say like their final goodbyes without 
making her super sad and bummed out because they say their whole tradition is that when people find out, that's when they finally die because they die from the sadness and all this other stuff like that leading up to it. And not because they're not treating the disease. Exactly. Okay. So it, it's, well, it's one of those, not, not that they're not treating the disease. It's like, because they gave her like a month or two months, right? So right. like, there's no way to fix this, right? So basically, and she's so old that they, they'd rather have her happy until the last moment without having to let her worry about like, oh, is everybody going to be okay? And right. So on and so forth. So it makes sense. But this movie, uh, it stars Aquafina. She actually plays the granddaughter in this one. Her name's Billy. And for the most part, uh, it's really, you follow the whole family for the most part, but she's like the main focus, I'd say. And man, she does really good in this movie, man. Yeah. It's really cool because like, I really liked her in Crazy Rich Asians. And then seeing her in this one in a more a very serious role, but there's still some humor in it. But it's a movie that, I mean, I'm half Filipino, so there's a lot of like Asian vibes, obviously, in this movie. And there's a lot of things that like reminded me of like how things that my own family does. So it's really touching. It has a really good kind of message about like who's um, who's it up to? Like the whole family is it up to the individuals? And I yeah, it's a sad movie, obviously, but right. it's it's well acted. It's probably my number one movie of the year now. Wow, it's that good. It's like a bold this movie. statement, sir. Yeah, mm. bold statement. I mean, this has been a pretty shitty year, for the most part, of movies. Twenty nineteen has not impressed me at all compared to the last two or three years. So it's good that finally, like, oh, this is like a super solid movie that like it's one of those movies where you leave and you, it makes you think. It's a good discussion piece, I think, too, and it's. Yeah, I've I've heard good so, things about it. I yeah. I think I've only heard one person that was kind of middle of the road about it, but um yeah. for the most part everybody's been saying that it's a really good solid movie. Yeah. Another think, one that I need to watch. Yeah, I think you guys would like it. And um Aquafina, I'm really looking forward to like her possibly doing some more like serious roles, you know. Yeah, she's a, I think she's a really good actress overall. I think somebody super her, good. Yeah. Because her whole story arc is like she used to live in China, but as a kid, her parents took her away from there. They moved to the United States, and then she missed out on a lot of things and a lot of like her heritage and like right. her background by coming out to America. Like, don't get me wrong, like she her life is because of what she is now. But it's cool that in the story they kind of like address the fact like, oh, you left and all this stuff, and right. she had no one. She's to kind go of like to. almost an outsider, she, kind of an outcast. Yeah. too. so yeah. she's not really used to like all the old school traditions. Or no, anything. not at all. And she's the one in the movie that is the voice of like, "Hey, we should tell her like this is fucked up." Yeah, she's yeah. questioning and whatever. yeah, and then it's the family is like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> but but then even she starts softening people up like, "Maybe we should tell her," you know? Yeah, and that's where the drama aspect comes in. It's it's really cool, and uh, it's really it's actually really cool because. The grandma, the uh, actress that plays her, Shuzin Zhao, is really good, by the way. She's so likable that you really feel fucking bad for this whole thing. You're like, fuck, you know what I mean? And Lulu Wing, the director, she actually had her real aunt play uh, Little Nai Nai, who is a, uh, like the grandma's sister. Mm-hmm. So it's she's not even an actress, but she's so good in this movie, too. That's pretty her cool. actual like aunt is the person, and it's like she's just oh. like the one taking care of her. I really liked her because she reminded awesome. me of like one of my aunties too. Yeah. <laughs> so I was right like, on. oh, that's awesome. I really like that. Sometimes um, those are the best when they kind of 
hit close to home. Yeah. And kind of remind you of your exactly. own experiences and stuff like that. And I, 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 I enjoyed that too, Marco, because it's one of those things where, like, I've, I've been in a position where, you know, we knew someone was going to die. And it's like, well, at least we got to say our goodbyes and stuff. And yeah. it's, a, it's a tough situation. And yeah. thinking about it, I was like, man, would I have wanted to let them not know that? I'm like, mm, it's debatable, you know? So yeah. uh, on the flip side, I saw the horror film as well, guys, Escape Room, which came out earlier this year. It's about a group of six strangers that find themselves. Well, first of all, let's take a step back. Do you guys have you guys ever done an escape room? No, no, I've, I've wanted to. I think am you invited am I me the whitest to person one here. No, no, you invited me to one, but I couldn't make it. I've never been invited to one. I don't even remember inviting Mark to one. I haven't done one in like. Two wow. Years. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I've done a lot. That's why. I've done like. Yeah, you tell me about old time, but I haven't had a chance to actually I've done like go and six. experience it. If you, I, I would say that if you enjoyed like board games, you guys know I like board games a lot yeah. too. Yeah, it's one of those things where, especially with a group activity, it's pretty fun. It's even weirder when you do it with strangers, which I've done several times, by the way. <laughs> but uh, you know me, I, I make friends pretty easy. So, yeah. and um, basically, you and a group of strangers get locked into a room, and you have a certain like a time limit, usually about an hour or so, to get out of the room and then lock yourself out of there. Figure out the puzzle. Yeah, it's all riddles, puzzles, and it helps to do... It's kind of like, I mean, teamwork is the dream. Makes the dream work, I guess, you know? Like, yeah. for these escape rooms, that's kind of the... Uh, what They've you been using do. those a lot for team-building exercises. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're actually really fun. I, obviously, I enjoy it. I've done, like, four or five of them, I guess. We should do one as the movie pals. We should do one. That'd yeah. Be fun. And then um, broadcast it on IG. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, we're live from the escape room. Solve like, it with us, What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Um, so escape room though, guys, is six strangers find themselves in a. They get like contacted by somebody to go to an escape room, right. and then they soon realize that the escape room is real and you can die basically. So that's the aspect. That's the whole story of it all. Mm-hmm. And tell you the truth, it actually works pretty fucking well, man. I actually really like this movie. Did they is know because- that stranger? Sorry, it's bothering me already. I mean, I don't want to. Rev- that oh okay. The okay. Movie right. I Never told mind. you. Is it is it because it's very relatable for you? I think so. Truthfully, I've um, I actually was kind of playing along. I was like, "What would I have done in this situation?" <laughs> I was like, "Would I have survived this shit?" And the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm not. I you know what? I'm gonna brag. I don't give a fuck. It's one of those things where like mm, I probably could have made it through that. There's a couple of times they did some stoop. Actually, I take that back. Most of the time, they're all pretty smart. None right. of them are like fucking idiot. Why are you doing that? I'm like, mm. okay. That's cool. And each person that's in the movie pretty much has kind of a troubled past, and that kind of connects to why they're all together, without revealing too much. Like the reveal is pretty good. I like the reveal, of that's like cool. kind why. of like a saw aspect where the people very are much, kind of connected. Very much, okay. very much. Is very it gory like or is it just more of a thriller, you know, jump scare kind of thing? Um, I don't think it's even a jump scare thing at all. I would say, Neville, it's more like suspense. Really, kind of okay. like, uh, I mean. It's not like Saw at all, where it's like, oh, I got to cut your arm off and mm-hmm. get out of this room. It's not like that. It's actually like, hey, we're giving you a chance to get the fuck out of here. Like, figure it out, you know? Yeah. But for the most part, I really liked it. The people are likable. There are some people in there that they make you not want to like, obviously. But what's what's cool, I think Marco will appreciate this a lot, too, is that Deborah Ann Wall from Daredevil's in it. So she's... Oh, uh, I like oh, her. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she's actually in the movie, too. She's one of the main people. So... It's just a really good cast, I think, overall. It's yeah. a fun movie. Turn your brain off for like an hour and a half, pretty much. Yeah, I know she was advertising it. I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. I was really yeah. sad when Daredevil got canceled because I was like, yeah. man, I and like she's the she's really cast. good in Daredevil. Yeah. If she you like her really, in there. Dude, she had a really great story arc in season yeah. three. As If you guys go back a few episodes, I talk about it. But yeah. 
Yeah, and she plays okay. like a veteran that is suffering through PTSD, so it's one of those things where she, you know, they play off of that too. But um, for the most part, I really like this one. It it was solid. Uh, it hints at a sequel that I hope actually does come out too. So if you if you've ever enjoyed an Escape Room, I would say check this one out, guys. Pretty fun movie. Nice. I'll yeah. take a look at that. Yeah, definitely. But that's all I've been watching. What about you, Marco? I've seen a few things. I'll start off by saying I saw the new horror movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is the one based on the 1980s book by Alan Schwartz. And um, it stars Zoe Margaret Coletti as Stella, Michael Garza as Ramon, Gabriel Rush as Augie, and Austin Zajur as Chuck. And the plot, even though it's based on the the anthology by Alan, Alvin Schwartz, the Marvin, first book, did you, actually. Did you ever uh, read those books? I did. I read one through three, and I forgot that there were like six books total or something I've like read that. the first one. I know that much. The first two are my favorite. The yeah. third one, it starts to get a little bit watered down. Yeah. Because, I mean, the first two were written in the 80s, and mm-hmm. you, you all know it was different times, and they gave no shits about child safety back then. So oh, it's, cr- it's generally creepy. Yeah, it's really? super And I know creepy. the movie takes from all three, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. They, they, there's like, there's little hints here and there. It does a lot of Easter eggs from the other ones. Some you catch, yeah. others you don't. But the the plot of the actual movie, they actually made a plot revolving around the short stories, and it's it takes place in 1968, and a group of teens find an old book that writes its own scary stories that come to life, and it ends up affecting the main the main cast of characters around here. Because they happen to stumble upon the book when they go inside a quote unquote haunted house, (laughs) and because they there's there's a story behind the haunted house, it belonged to a family that did a bunch of crazy shit, and the kids specifically the girl Stella is trying to figure out the the mystery because she somehow connects to this family for a specific reason. I don't want to give it away, and. Because they're involved now, the story. The I'm sorry, something. the book starts. To- <laughs> I was like, Marco, hold on. By the way, I saw this too. Didn't see it with Marco. I saw it about a week before him. <laughs> Stella don't know how to keep her fucking hands to herself. By the way, no. <laughs> this bitch came in touching everything in the fucking room. By the Dude, way, in I a haunted like, house. She's yeah. Like, hold on, guys. What's this? I would have been like, Yo, I'm getting the fuck out and of the, here. And the two other friends, like Augie, and, like especially Chuck. He's like, Oh, by the way, they're with a random guy that they just met too. Yeah, Ramon because- is a quote unquote drifter yeah the the, the reason they stumble upon the mansion is because they're running away from these bullies that chuck and augie try to get revenge on and the bullies chase him into this place and on their way escaping from the bullies they run to this guy named ramon at a drive-thru and apparently ramon's a draft dodger yeah but but he looks like he's 12 no no i'm sorry the guy looks like he's 20 and hanging around like 13 year olds to me I was like, what's this grown-ass oh, dude okay. hanging around these kids? Anyway, so they're all in the mansion, and yeah, Stella's touching everything and eventually stumbles upon the book. And because this happens, the book is writing stories about them that are coming true, and it's basically yeah. hunting them down one by one. By one. one yeah. So the visuals in this movie, I think, are great. I think the cinematography at, at some point is pretty good. Yeah. Um, the way that they alter the stories, I can't really speak to that because I don't remember much. Like, I do remember the story with the Scarecrow, yeah. 
and I thought that was done pretty well. I heard there were some changes. There's uh, still changes the to it, but I mean, it keeps the whole kind of uh, feel of the original story still. Yeah, they yeah. they obviously do their own interpretation. They don't follow the book at, to it to the letter. And I found this out because I actually pulled out the book on on my phone and I read one of the stories and found out that they changed quite a bit. But for the most part, they keep the main scare or the main. I guess spirit from the scary story pretty much yeah. the same. So the scary yeah. score is the same. Uh, the scary fucking lady that's asking, you know, where's my toe is, is pretty freaking freaky. And then the one that has the creepy face, it's in the trailer. I don't remember the name of the story, so you got to forgive me for that. I don't recall it. It's, but it's, it's, the, it's the one in the hospital. She's strange-looking creature. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got this... You see it in the, in the trailer. It's got that crazy little no-lip smile. I'll say the most... The only thing that doesn't look good in that movie is the spider thing. Yeah. But, and, it, I mean, you can see that in the trailer. Coming out of and, the girl's face, it looks the worst out of everything. And, truthfully, that's the story that I remember the least. Me, too. I so, don't remember it at all, too. Yeah. Too, so I was like, and, I also, remember. the girl who was in that story looked like she was 25, also. So oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh, she you're... looked like she was 30. Then she said she was getting ready for a school play. I assume she's a teacher. Yeah, I was like, oh, Apparently must have been a drama teacher. <laughs> no. No, we were wrong. But I... I liked when the movie gets into the actual scary stories and it starts to get creepy. Everything else on the outside is just sort of fluff, and I don't think it works that well. I, I don't really care for the kids, so there's there's no reason for me to care for them, whether they live or die. I mean, Marco, did you think it was like, for me, I felt like it was like they're going from one story to the next to the next. It was just kind of like, okay, now we have to start a new story. Yeah, I think that they should have done it the way the book was written, which is like an anthology. Yeah, like they should have just done that and and like done it like a Netflix kind of like, series. Yeah, or even like, have you seen that movie Trick or Treat from two thousand seven? So that's like oh, an yeah. anthology of stories that's yeah. is it like slowly told by something. I think it would have worked better where if it was a general person telling all the stories, just picked up to the next chapter. Yeah, of this book. or yeah. then, but I mean, still make it creepy and then maybe it overall reveal at the end like the main story. But I mean, it worked for the most part. Yeah, though. I guess one of the stories I did remember was one of the last ones, the Mitai Dotai Walker. And I don't like the way they changed the ending of that story or the way that it ends. Because in the book, like, the kid is found, like, screaming his lungs out in the middle of the house. I don't remember that one, so. Yeah, it's basically, it's like in the movie where the head comes down from the chimney. That part's in the trailer, too. And They revealed quite a bit in the trailer. Yeah, so you get to see which stories from the books are in the movie. But that's probably the biggest change to me that I remember that I didn't like. Because I felt like the ending that was had in the movie was just kind of weak but i mean if you're a fan of the books i guess this is kind of a renter i i can't really give it a thumbs up i would or say a thumbs it's more down. for like teenagers kids yeah like, it's not rated r it's pg-13 so. yeah and there's it's not really gory it's, there are some scary parts but it's it's very light i mean there's there's way better horror movies out there so uh i'd say give those a chance before this other than that, uh, I did watch the third and final season of the uh, FX original show Legion, and I talked about this show. James and I have talked about this show yeah. quite a few times. It's one of my top all-time favorite shows. It's definitely my favorite show of the year thus far um, that is yet to come because there's one other show I'm looking forward to, Mr. Robot, but this yeah. one definitely takes a trophy right now it, it it basically revolves around the character of david who's the son of professor x uh in the x-men so it's based off of a uh, comic loosely 
And in the third season, I guess there's really no way for me to talk about it without spoiling, spoiling it. something in the second season. Yeah. So if you're not caught up or you haven't seen the show, you can skip ahead from this. But basically, at the end of season two, he comes to find out that... Um, actually, Nabil, have you seen the show? I have not. Okay. Well, Maybe we should hold off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tell there's, some, there's something that happens at the end of season two. And it affects all the main characters from the show. And they're basically having to stop someone from changing the timeline. It's kind of they do a, a bit Avengers-inspired yeah. in, in that aspect, but it's darker and more twisted. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the show is the fact that each episode plays kind of like an anthology. It's it's kind of different from different, the previous episode. Yeah, in a different style, I would say, in this season too. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of thriller horror elements to it, and it incorporates music a lot, especially some of the classics. Like Pink Floyd is used a lot in the TV show, and I think it works because of the fact that the main character, David, is basically insane on top of having like a super mutant power. Mm-hmm. And it works well with the overall theme and message of the, the TV show. But th- this season definitely really gets deep because it's supposed to give everyone a story arc and i think it pays off yeah uh whether or not people got the ending that you feel they deserved um is up to you but i think that it paid off great i don't know what what your thoughts on it james yeah it did it did it well um i mean overall i understand that they knew that they were going to end it so it, it ends in a way that it leaves it possibly open for future like projects off of this so they did, a bit. They did want to do it. it 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 wasn't necessarily a a happy ending it was like a yeah. uh it's, it's a like bittersweet a, ending yeah it's a bittersweet ending but it, the whole season kind of was edging toward that it's, it's one of those things that deals with time travel a lot yeah and it does uh kind of like a what if kind of like a lot of what ifs in this one so yeah they they do their own twist on it which i like because yeah. the, the the main the way they time travel in this is they there's a specific mutant that has that ability to do it but she can only go so far. So far, it although, her yeah, too, by the way, so. and it starts to affect the timeline. So it's very different than some of the other, I guess, time travel, yeah. you know, Definitely. TV shows out there. Uh, and it's very different. I know I compared it to Avengers Endgame, but it's very different than that as well too. But overall, I love the visuals. The writing in this show is really great. If you haven't started or checked it out, I highly recommend you do. I, some of the reruns are on Hulu if you su- subscribe to that. Or if you have some sort of on-demand service, you can probably find some of the older episodes on there. But it's definitely one of my all-time favorite shows. I hold it close and dear to my heart. And I would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of sci-fi, action, or comic books. So, yeah, that's all I've been watching. Awesome. Let's get into what's in the news. in the news hi guys so as you know all three of us here we used to partake or i mean we still we still do in a way but many many movies. i think we've tried pretty much every single movie subscription service at this point right guys yeah yeah i mean we we did movie pass we we are your test dummies for this we did cinemia that's done i I feel like we were almost kind of a bad luck to anything we signed up for (laughs) because it seems like everything we do eventually shuts down because we use it too much. 
Hey. Yeah. We're hey. definitely the, those guys. We, we are the three horsemen of the apocalypse. They're offering the service, all right? So we're going to abuse them. They're banking that like certain people won't watch as much. They're like, oh, they'll make up for the other guys. They're like, forget that they're subscribed. And then we're like, we're going to see every movie this week. Let's go. <laughs> they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't prepare for these fucks. Yeah, whoa. These guys saw every movie and Dora the Explorer, to, too? To be fair, though, we've, we haven't really tried we're out many the of the... The theater housed services, the ones that actually the actual theater companies. I mean, truthfully, provide. there's only one we haven't tried. So true. If you want to break it down, so yeah. recently though, Marco and I have our theater chain around the Fairfield Sassoon area is the Regal Theaters. I would say, yeah, the not most a sponsor, common. By the way, I mean, not sponsored at all. Obviously, no. I mean, we've never been sponsored by any theater. Just hint, hint. But Regal recently just announced, or not just announced, they launched it. They have an unlimited plan now, guys. And so, since we've been waiting for it to jump back on something like this, we both signed up for it here. We're so back in our bullshit. Look yeah. at that. So, just a heads up. Basically, I'm going to break it down for each one here, and I want to see what Marco likes about this one. I'm going to tell you also two other ones that are around here. So, the real one, there's a monthly fee here, guys. It's any, anything from $18 to $24, pretty much. Uh, since it goes by like unlimited, unlimited plus, all access, depending on what your theater has. Uh, so that all access basically for twenty four bucks a month, you can go to any Regal theater. The thing is, we don't really go to any of the Regal theaters. <laughs> <There's> only <laughs> only one we go one. to. Yeah. So we both are signed up for unlimited plus right now, which is twenty one dollars a month. Uh, so the amount of movies you can watch, you can see as many standard two D movies as you want. Uh, if you want to do three D or IMAX, there's an upcharge on that, and. Uh, the nice thing is that you can already buy tickets in advance. You can reserve up to three tickets uh, simultaneously. Yeah, which, which is, is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and one, it's only a fifty cent fifty uh, cent booking upcharge. fee if yeah. you um, use the app. If you do it in person, it's completely free. Yep. On top of the um, uh, monthly There's subscription, still a transaction fee. There Jeez. is if you use the app. Nice. You also get ten percent. You get a ten percent discount on food and non-alcoholic drinks. And you get a free large popcorn and soda on your birthday. So, for the most part, I've been using the shit out of this, by the way. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you guys have noticed or not. Yeah. I saw like eight You've movies already. Quite a few movies I've noticed. In one yes. month already. If, I'm you back. Follow, if you follow James on Facebook, you'll see the reviews on there. Just there, it's It's been a bit heavy. Man, recently. it's one of those things where I used... I mean, I did it when I had movie pass in cinema. Yeah, no. Like a movie even remotely like... Dude, that, that month when There's we no had hate, movie man. pass, we saw like every single movie there was out there. Even I'm pretty sure. I mean, even shitty not. horror films. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. It's already free. I mean, you already paid for it, right? It's there. Yeah. I mean, if you if you watch two, three movie, if you watch three movies in one month, it pays for itself, yeah. basically. For the most, I mean, yeah. shit, really, just two movies. I'm, uh, fucking things, twelve something by now. Yeah, yeah, ticket, that's so. that's that's true. Yeah, so. I mean, I've seen yeah, I've seen about three movies in a month, so it, it basically already paid itself i'm i'm planning to watch a lot more this coming up month the holiday season man. but oh, yeah in addition to that just getting the discount at the movie theater too i think it helps too because everyone's always a little on on edge about buying movie theater food you know saying that they charge way too much which they do because i they, mean that's only 10 percent off but i mean everything adds up. yeah and you know yeah. me guys i love me some popcorn and m&m so <laughs> i i think because it's offered by regal itself it already has a strong footprint and definitely it, it has an actual leg to stand on and can I want to say that's, survive. That's been our issue is that these things we we tend to go off these private companies like MoviePass or Cinemia and they just do not have the 
um, cash flow to survive off of these things? Because, yeah. I mean, obviously people like us used it too much. Yeah, and we were saying that we were waiting for Regal to come up with one because we were part of their... They, they have a free version also where all you do is you earn points and you earn, like, free snacks or even free movie tickets. Yeah, movie tickets, yeah. And, we're like, they already have a system in place. All they need to do is just start a subscription service. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. it's very easy. But I think if you're a huge movie buff and you enjoy movies... Yeah. Or review movies like us, then and and have a regal near you. Then I think it's definitely it's worth definitely it. worth it. I mean, yeah. we were already paying for two to three movies a month, anyways. So it's like, <laughs> and why yes, not? we've already mentioned we don't really have a good track record with these things. But again, this the, one seems ones, like it'll be around. Yeah, the ones that are originated by the movie theaters themselves, like this one, like AMC, like Cinemark, those are your best bet. Those are the strong ones that should be able to survive. Speaking of which, I want to bring it up. So. The other two options you really only have at this point are the um, the Cinemark Pass as well. The Cinemark Movie Club, I'm sorry. So that one is $9 to $10 a month. Yeah, um, that's the one that's, I have. Yeah, we all have it. I still have it, too. I didn't cancel it. Same. You still get one, you get one movie a month, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional tickets are um, $6.99, I believe, or something $8.99. like that. $8.99. Sorry, $9 to $10, depending on location. Uh, and once again, if you go 3D and IMAX, you get additional upcharge on that too. Uh, the nice thing though is that food and drinks are 20% off with this. Yeah. And they actually do include alcohol in their discount. Yeah. So, and then unused tickets carry over the next month, which is, which is nice too. So yeah, for you instance, get the, I, I like you it because them. you get the one free movie ticket, which, which is nice, but really the eight ninety nine charge. So anytime I want to see a no, film, that's awesome. you know, that really helps Why not? You right. Cause yeah. I mean, you already guarantee you're seeing one movie a month anyways, cause right. of this. So the whole point is. Why not just sign get up? You get the free rate. ticket anyways. That's what you already paid for. Then additional ones. So if your wife wants to go with you, yep. eight ninety nine. Why so not? Could, exactly. So if I buy like I think it's up to four tickets at a, at a time, um, I can get them uh, at eight ninety nine each. So it's, I'm already getting a discount either way. Yeah. yeah, and it does roll over too. So say if yeah. you forget or you happen to not use your free movie pass, then yeah. Yeah. you get like two right now. Next month. I have two right now. So same. Like, well, same. And I think it's easy for me. Cause w- when I go with my girlfriend, Cinemark is the closest movie theater to us. So mm. that makes more sense to go to those ones. So, uh, and then the last one, of course, is the one we haven't tried out still guys. That's the AMC Stubbs a list. That one is anywhere from 20 to $24 a month. And Marco, you were right. We talked about it. It's three movies a week. You see on that one. I mean, which is pretty much it's the same the thing we're doing. Deal Are you going to see more than three movies a week? I mean, there's probably a few people that will. Yeah, I mean, unless I don't see how you'll have time to see more than three movies in one week. I just, I mean, unless you you have, I don't know. Uh, uh, if you, if you're a family, I guess maybe that that that's could be a family event to do. Yeah, not but, a bad deal. Still, I mean, they don't get any discounts though through a list on this one. Uh, to you, sorry, uh, any. Members of Stubbs Loyalty Program don't get reward points for movie tickets purchased through A-List, but they do get points for food and drinks. So, like, I mean, that goes toward like the reward program on this one. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about them, though, is that they can actually see 3D and IMAX films with no extra upcharge on that. And that's Which real is, IMAX, too, with yeah. a ginormous screen. Yeah. I mean, depending on your location, of course. Um, yeah. They also can do free online reservations on that one, too. So, yeah. that's not bad. And actually, I take that back. They do get 10% back on food and drink purchases. It's just that the uh, their their membership points because it's weird. AMC has two different things. They have the AMC A list and AMC Stubs. So mm-hmm. if you know the difference between the two, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's like a difference. It's like two separate. I don't know why they haven't combined them. But they the haven't. They don't merge them. That's weird. I mean, I'm pretty sure they should probably just fucking combine that. It's so that money. 
Oh, I mean, because I have A-list, because that's only because I like it because they don't have the online fees when you buy shit on Fandango. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, I mean, I only go to AMC, like... There's not one really Only when we really want to go to San Francisco, ones. man. Yeah. That's the only time, dude. Yeah, Because basically. they, like Mark was saying, they have the big-ass IMAX, which is nice to see, so... So, I mean, it works if you live... Mo- most MCs are closer or within the vicinity of a giant city, a big yeah. city. So, like, San Francisco, Sacramento for us. So, if you're around those areas, then this will probably a look, work yeah. for you. I would definitely take a look. So, yeah. uh, the nice thing is that pretty much all the big, one, big ones around here, other than, like, Brendan, I guess, have right. a movie subscription at this point. And like uh, Nabil was saying before we started, it is nice that at least as much as we shit on MoviePass now, it did start something that we're... Where people and consumers get kind of a better benefit out of it too. Yeah, that's it. It 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 made a change that the industry wasn't going to make unless somebody shook it up. So you know they thanks found their own that. sword. Take, yeah. <laughs> thanks for taking that bullet for us. Yeah. Movie pass. <laughs> All right, guys. So once again, check out anything around there, around your area. Find out what theater you have, and if it, if you see more than two movies a month, I'd say definitely take a look at these. Uh, let's move on now, guys, to our mini review of the Studio Ghibli film. Pom Poco. Okay, so Pom Poco, the IMDb description, is a community of magical, shape-shifting raccoon dogs struggle to prevent their forest home from being destroyed by urban development. This is directed by Isayo Takahara. This stars Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Sokichi, Clancy Brown as Gonta, J.K. Simmons as Sezamon, Tress McNeil as Oroku, and John DiMaggio as Ryutaro. So, starting with you, Marco, what did you think about this one? I enjoyed it, but I don't think that this would be... On the, top, on, the on the top of my list. I mean, too. it's still top ten technically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. still still the top ten. Hey, you've seen eight of them now. There. But uh, I, slowly, this list is going to grow. Eventually, one of these is going to get knocked out of the top ten. But yeah. I don't think that it would be my first choice. It, it's it's definitely would, not something you would be like. Someone's never seen a studio Ghibli film. You're like, bro, we got to start with Pomboko. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I was saying right before we started the pod. I was like, if you're going to pick a studio Ghibli film, it's it's definitely that at the at the bottom. However, there there were parts I did enjoy. I like the the animation was of course really good. Studio Ghibli it's a film. Mid, it's that mid nineties one too, so yeah. it's got that feel to it. It looked a little newer on Blu Ray. For I'm not gonna lie, I so I, I was kind of surprised <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> I was like, please let me borrow the Blu Ray version next time, guys. <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, it, it was in uh, it was made in 1994. But uh, the story I felt was was different, but I liked it. I liked the overall message and the overall yeah. theme of it. That worked for me. Um, it was a little bit more heavy-handed, but it it I still mean, had it's its, kind of the style. Though. Yeah, it still it still had its charm. There really weren't any characters that you could really connect to because it was more like a group cast. Yeah, and there wasn't necessarily a central character. There were like a handful of them, but. None of them stood out, like in Kiki's Delivery Service, like in Castle in the Sky. 
uh, like in even Ponyo had you know centralized characters. Yeah. So see now I th- you appreciate that better. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like that that sort of took away from it from the connectivity. I still overall enjoyed the film. I I love Studio Ghibli films. I don't think that there's one that you could just throw throw away and say nah this one's trash. Yeah. But. Uh, it's it, it yeah it definitely didn't make my top list so uh, what about you Nabil? Uh it was entertaining just like any other Studio Ghibli film there's a it had a good message and, um, and you you and Marco both have not seen this before, no right? I have not okay, correct yeah. um, but I agreed to a lot of the points Marco was giving in that my biggest complaint was it was really hard to keep track of the characters um, they just, introduce a lot really quick yeah all at once and I'm not sure who you know, like there's kind of a centralized character like two or three but then at the same time it's all kind of blends in after a while because you start one way and then the story goes a different way and then they start talking about the overarching story of what's yeah. going on in the environment and so they, they throw a lot at you once and it is very in your face about the message that you're trying to portray mm-hmm. but I do like the animation style. I thought that was fun. I, it took me a while to get used to the whole transformation thing because I didn't understand the levels of transformation at first, and they don't really explain it to you. <laughs> they don't. And then you real, you find it kind of just it clicks, I guess, or it doesn't. If you it's like, if oh, when they're normal. interacting with the humans, they right. look normal, and then but when they're talking amongst themselves, they look like this, and then when they're goofy, they look like cartoon characters. Yep. You just kind of go with it, mm-hmm. and and yeah, yeah it's uh, it's so very Japanese. It is. It is very Japanese. Like, this is this is like an actual like folk tale kind of japanese thing but i do i what i did like a lot was their relations with humans because how the humans reacted in a lot of the scenarios that happened i was like this is realistic this is how somebody would react to a lot of the shit that was going on yeah um and 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 very in many senses and and they even said it like because they're near a city versus being out in like some you know, faraway forest yeah. or island that the people were a little less willing to believe in any magic or spirits or anything. They just kind of, yeah, you they're... know, found reasons to everything. So it was harder to, you know, scare them or to make them concerned about, you know, the environment that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, not not my top film of, of all of them, but it was definitely one I think it was worth watching. It was, it was a good take on a different style and uh, a different kind of viewpoint. And I'm much more, I think, though it 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 was focused. It did have an over. You, even though there wasn't a centralized character, mm-hmm. the story itself was pretty focused on what it was trying to tell you. Nice. Um. So I've seen this one a couple times now, and this is definitely not my favorite one. Like I told you guys before we started the pod, I wasn't really looking forward to jumping back into this one, only because I think it runs a little too long. It's two hours long. Yeah, um, the, I the, agree. The stylization of it, it's very different from everything else we've seen so far. Yeah. It's told as like a mockumentary in a way. Like, oh, this mm. is the story of the raccoons that got t- their shit taken. And stuff. I kind of did en- enjoy that, though. That Which, is different. It, it, Which uh, is different. I like and that. I think I mentioned to you that it sort of reminded me of uh, Isle of the Dogs. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, it does. Yeah. Just the way that it's narrated. I was like, oh, wow. It's like a narrated animated version of isle of dogs and it had sort of that similar style to it yeah exactly it is like but it came out 27 years ago yeah on top of that from the time or 24 years ago because isle of dogs came out last year but um yeah i mean for the most part it's fun like they they're trying to scare the humans right because their land is getting taken over so i mean the, the theme of um, urban development taking over natural areas and like destroying their lives in a way reflects on it too. Yeah. And I mean, you see kind of like Shokichi, they can, tra- I mean, it's so bizarre. Some of the shit in here, guys. 
Like they can transform into humans. Yeah. They some use... of them can transform, and then there's some of them that can't. And they yeah. Don't really explain why. And then the you thing. come to find out that other animals, like wolves and foxes, can do it. Too. Have done it too, yeah. and it's like, oh, the foxes have lived amongst them. But and I they mean, can once even again, turn into it's very Japanese <laughs> other animals too, because that's yeah. also mentioned by the fox later on in, in yeah, the movie. I'm exactly. like, what the fuck? Like the dog. What like, are the I'm rules not a dog. here? I'm a raccoon. And then mm-hmm. they use their testicles. Yeah, uh, I, was say, I, I was gonna wait. To they say call it their satches, um, satchels. Their pouches, told, their pouches. Their I told James I didn't realize that at first because they're sitting I was, on that old raccoon's balls. I was, yeah. yeah, I was talking to him. I'm like, so, dude, what's with, what's with them in the testicles? Yeah, like, they just they, show it all of a sudden, and I don't understand why. Bro, and they're flying realize, at one point using. Yeah, them. I said, nice. I like. Um, I want that action. There was figure. a boat made with one. Oh, <laughs> what about the big melee fight towards the end where they're beating the guards oh, yeah, with their balls? Yeah. They're really going balls deep. Very on interesting like, okay. take that they wanted to make. Very Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, overall, guys, would you recommend this, though? Uh, yeah, just because it's Studio Ghibli. See, if that's you, what I mean. Every you, Studio Ghibli film is almost like, you got to at least watch it once. I, <laughs> I would recommend it, but I wouldn't recommend it as, like you said, your first. This right. would probably be no. like... <laughs> Three movies in, you know, right. and so saying, you want to watch these raccoons ride their balls and you know yeah. slap people in the face with them. Get an appreciation for, for Japanese you animation. See Jonathan first. Thomas. I, I will say that when the three masters come into uh, yeah. to visit all the raccoons and are showing them how to master their shape shifting, yeah, and there's that whole montage where they're learning and changing around. That was done pretty well. I, I, like I actually genuinely even like the scene where the uh, the dude is pretending to be a chick and like has no face, yeah. and the guy's getting creeped out. That's yeah. a really good sequence mm-hmm. of like kind of creepy horror ish. Oh yeah. So even, I like the even, parts where they're making them scared. Like, yeah, oh. even when they uh, invade the town and start you know showing off such a bizarre and, moment, but and like, start <laughs> to scare everybody. And everybody thinks it's just a fucking parade. Yeah, the guy's like, "We did it for a promotion." Like, son of a bitch. Yeah. So I mean, it just shows you like they're supposed to be mischievous and like jokesters and all this shit. But they also are very upfront about saying that they're lazy, and I think that's hilarious every time. Which is funny because they get distracted very all, easily. Anytime they start talking about food, it's like we can't do this. Yeah, they actually food. are like we have to kill all the humans. Like, but what if we never have uh, like tempura? Tempura. Which, tempura which didn't again. didn't really help the viewing process because I'd watching this late at work after working <laughs> and not having a day off and almost falling asleep every time. So yeah, I mean, it goes on. It like I said, there's a lot. In this film that just doesn't work as well as other ones but it's also just a subject matter i think overall yeah yeah i think the the, the old theme of preservation preserving nature yeah. and not giving up even when the battle looks like unwinnable yeah i think is a really positive good message for yeah. you know for people so i, like I agree that. too i mean overall guys we'd probably still recommend checking it out yeah. but like we said not not your not your starter kit kind of studio ghibli film oh no so this is one of the weirder ones, and I knew it too. So, all right, it's one of those movies that overall still check it out. So, all right, let's move on now, guys, to our main review of Ready or Not. I can't believe that in half an hour I will be a part of the Ladomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion. We prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. Still there's just one more thing, and then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? 
hide and seek? Are we really gonna play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? And stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? You shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress, Emily? <laughs> Holy shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's insane. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. Or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. Okay, so the IMDb description here is a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. This is directed by Matt uh, Beninelli, Open, and Tyler Gillett. There's two guys there. Other uh, stars Samara Weaving as Grace, Adam Brody as Daniel Lidomas, Mark O'Brien as Alex Lidomas, Henry Zerny as Tony Lidomas, Andy McDowell as Becky Lidomas, Melanie Scrofano as Emily, Christian Brunn as Fitch Bradley, Nikki Guadagni as Aunt Helene, and Elise Levesque as Charity Led DeVos. So, uh, starting with you, Nabil. Yay or nay? Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, the trailer didn't reveal as much as I thought it was going to. Yeah, which um, was nice. Yeah, which once. was really good. There were definitely scenes that it showed, and um, it wasn't disappointing to see it again. It was funny. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, the, the key thing here is that it was definitely uh, a thriller more than it was a horror but it suspense, it has, yeah. yeah, suspense. It has some horror aspects, but the comedy that they sprinkle in is funny in the sense that they're self-realizing how ridiculous this is, but yeah. they're still <laughs> having to commit to what they're doing. Is this and, fucking real? Yeah, right. and I think that's what's funny about it is because you have other people that tell you, like, the thing that they're doing hasn't occurred in, like, 30, 40 years, and so they weren't really expecting to yeah. deal with it, but they're committing to it, and they are just kind of, like, in awe. And then you have, like, some... Some of the characters that are just, you know, they've had a hard life. And so the things that they're going through is uh, not so easy with the situation. I don't know how to approach it, which is hilarious. And I've never uh, seen Samara Weaving before, the person who plays Grace. Yeah. But she did a really good job in this film. Like, she was really believable. Definitely. She's very likable, sure, too. Yeah, man. I wasn't sure about her at first. But as she starts going you know in, what? The trailers make her look terrible. You're like, oh, yeah. this bitch looks crazy. Exactly. Right? So I, I really liked her a lot. She stood out as a really good character. Um, overall, strong and, and female protagonist. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, I'd say it's a yay. It's more like a, a soft yay, not a hard yay. It it was good. It I don't think it was great, but I thought it was good. It was entertaining, definitely. I agree with a lot of the the points that uh, Nabil said. I liked the originality of the story, or at least the like the main part of it. Uh, I liked how. I went in blind to this movie. I did not watch a trailer oh, at good. all. Nice. And so I had no idea what to expect from this movie. So that was kind of exhilarating because I hadn't done that in a while. And it was definitely worth it. I liked the dark comedy of it. I agree there, Nabil. I thought that that definitely helped, even though there were a lot of scary elements to it, a lot of crazy shit with Samar Weaving being hunted down by the family and all. I felt that the comedy was very well done. It fit the story. It fit the script. 
And I do like the self-awareness of everybody, too, with this whole situation yeah. and pretty much stating what the audience was thinking. Because at some points, they would say things that I was thinking, too. <laughs> and I was like, man, what are the fucking odds of that happening? And that person would say that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is great. Good writing. There, The writing wasn't uh, 100% perfect. There were some qualms with it that I did have, which I'll, I'll mention later on. But uh, overall, I'd say that, yeah, it's it's worth it just because of the characters and how quirky they are and crazy. Samara Weaving, yeah, this is my first time seeing her in a movie, and I think that she was definitely awesome. She was the star of this movie. I mean, obviously, she was the main character, but I think she outshined uh, everyone else, and I enjoyed seeing her and her interactions with the other characters also thought that it was really cool that adam brody was in this yeah, it, I like, like, I, like again i didn't see any of the trailers so that was a really nice surprise and he's, i think he's always extremely likable by the way oh yeah definitely because i had i had only seen him in shazam prior to this i know he's done a few other things but i i like him in shazam OC. so i thought it was yeah, really cool. the OC and the oc really yeah i've yeah. only seen a sprinkle of episodes from that and it was good to see Annie McDowell too in this. That was a nice surprise. I hadn't yeah. seen her in anything in a while, so Me I thought either, that her part actually. was it just seemed kind of different. And I was like, "That's a good choice, though." So. Yeah, yeah, I liked uh, her character in this as well too, as uh, the matriarch of the family. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what did you think, James? I absolutely love this movie. This is a movie that I wish, like, as a writer myself, I guess, kind of self-proclaimed. I guess oh, that sounds pretentious. Um, I like shit like this, dude. This is like the kind of movie that I love. Um, I love movies that take place at night. I like horror suspense films. Uh, shot on a very low budget, by the way. I don't know if you guys can tell or not. Oh, yeah. It only takes place in really two locations yeah. for the most part. Um, and it takes place in one night, too. Yeah. Uh, those are the those are literally like the blueprints for my favorite kind of movies, which are like all takes place in like a kind of a smaller location. Um, like I said, Samar Weaving, I thought she's fantastic. She's mm-hmm. super likable. Very smart writing. I really enjoyed yes. the backstory of it all. Uh, once again, it's about a family that um, is a board game maker, actually, which, I mean, maybe that also was toward my biasness. But I was like, that's really cool. It kind of um, had kind of like a fucked up Clue yeah, element to exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I absolutely love Clue, so this is remind me a lot of that, too. Um, I mean, just as soon as they start playing the record, the vinyl record of the hide-and-seek game... Mm-hmm. I thought I was like creepy and also funny at the same time. I like that it's self-aware of itself. It's it's very smart in that way of like, hey, this is ridiculous. The, like half of these guys don't believe it. What the fuck they're doing? Because, I mean, we'll get down to spoilers, but I I actually really like the character of Fitch played by Christian Brunn because he's the guy that is married to um, uh, Charity or I'm sorry, yeah. Becky. Is it Becky or Emily? It's one of the two. Emily, I believe. Emily, yeah. yeah. Becky's the other one. Uh, he's married to Emily, the sister to Alex and Tony, and he's the one that is just obvious. He's like the he's damn near like the uh, audience, like as yes. a character, because yeah. he's like they give him a crossbow. He's like, how the fuck do I use this? And he's <laughs> he's YouTubing it. Uh, he's googling if like deals with the devil. Sort of just really going real. with the fucking flow, and he's yeah, like, what the and fuck? he's like, we're not really Our doing curse this. Curse is real. Yeah, he's like, are we really doing this shit? I like, yeah, he's like, deals with the devil bullshit or not. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'd probably be doing the same fucking thing. Like, no, this is some bullshit, man. I really did like that it was very suspenseful. I liked uh, that there's uh, moments in it where it's like, Grace is just narrowly avoiding someone or right around the corner from something. And it's like, holy shit, this is like really close. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, um, co- there's a lot of comedic moments. This is a dark comedy, like you would say. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was really horror. 
like you said, Not tunable really, yeah. for the most part. It's like suspense, thriller, comedy. And just, I really enjoyed it overall. Mm. It was a fun movie. I really liked, um, we had a good crowd, I think, too. We didn't have anybody. Sometimes you go to these movies and it's like, people are fucking, fucking up and where we live, yeah, that's why. No. So, uh, I, I wouldn't know. I saw this alone, sir. Well, in I'll our see. theater, there was like four people besides yeah, us. Yeah, so there was a lot. Care. So, but we had a good crowd, though, for the most part. Yeah. And uh, for everything worked for me for this one. Like, there are, it's not perfect, but for the most part, I really liked it. So... Um, I guess we should have right into spoilers, guys, just to kind of hit the nail on the head here, okay? Yeah. So, spoiler section coming up. Ready or not? So, in the spoiler section, guys. I just want to start it off with anything you want to discuss in general, but how did you like the fact that they indeed did make a deal with the devil? <laughs> that, I think, was one of the qualms, and I think Marco would agree on that, too. Yes. That, that I, I think it should have been left a bit more ambiguous at the end, being over it, especially how they tease it throughout the film. Like, yeah. they don't really know, and then all of a sudden you start seeing they do the satanic ritual, and then they literally tell you to deal with the devil, and I'm like, well, you know. Which makes sense, because uh, Tony, who's the... Uh, the father, who right. played by Henry Cerny, who I haven't seen since Mission Impossible, by the way. Right. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, he talks about how his great great grandfather basically made a, I guess, Chinaman, I mm-hmm. guess, or Chinese person that gave him a box that would basically let him do anything. And I basically, the Chinese guy was the devil. Yep. So it's it's hinted at early on, but it's almost ambiguous. Like, is it real? Is it not real? So. I thought it actually would have been super fucking funny if they were like, we're fine. That's yeah, a very nothing easy. happened. Okay, so I'm, I'm in agreement with just what you said, James, and also with yeah. what Nabil said. But that was really my, my main qualm. That's why I said it wasn't perfect. It was because that it, the movie had me. Because at first, I, was, I wasn't I was sure I was going to feel about the movie. But then as it progressed, I really started to enjoy it. And that's where I was like, oh, no. You should have left it a, a, a ambiguous. Because the whole story about Mr. LaBelle, I, I believe, was, yeah. Yeah. was his name. That would have been creepy. It's like, who was that guy? What the hell did they do that caused this shit to happen? That would have been a, a, a better step for them, and it would have taken them away from the classic trope of Hollywood that, oh, it's a fucking deal with the devil. Here's a fucking sacrifice. Mm-hmm. boop doop 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 uh, I just felt that it was just sort of like a cliche because, I mean, that's isn't that what it always is? It's a deal with the devil. I don't know. I thought it worked. Um, I, I like that Aunt Helene mentions that Alex, at one point as a kid, had actually seen yeah, uh, him. So that was a small little hint that, hey, Alex is probably not all there. Which I'm glad that they came back to, to show that like Alex is part of this family. This is like yeah. a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it came back pretty well in that, like... Technically, as a kid, they had been doing satanic rituals their whole life. Like, yeah. with the goats and saying the words. And it's like, man, that's yeah. just creepy as fuck. And I, I don't know. It worked for me. I, I enjoyed that part because I like B-horror films, I guess. And that seemed like a very out-there moment. And the fact that they started exploding was just fucking that hilarious. Was that, see, yeah. that part was cool. Yeah. I would have... Uh... Yeah, I would especially have when the, that the they kids just... ran off the corner and you hear three yeah. pops. Yeah. I mean, that's just me being fucked up, but I laughed. 
<laughs> no, I, I did too. I fuck. I like the part where uh, she punched the kid for shooting her in the hand. I was like, I would have done the same thing. Someone I mean, shoots me, I'm gonna hit you. I love the fact that their sister kept killing the maids. <laughs> the running joke. <laughs> in the film. That was my favorite one. <laughs> like she shot one in the face. Uh, she fucking shot the crossbow through one mouth. The other one just got crushed. crushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like recurring. Cre- I mean, maybe I'm a psycho for liking shit like that, but it worked. No, yeah. the, those elements were good. I just think that the the origin of it all, I think, could have been a little bit better. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, it it, it only worked. It worked for me just because it, it just the the fact that they made like a game thing out of it. Like that's why they've been so successful. Yeah, and yeah. I wish that that would have yeah. been it. That the whole time it was just a demented fucking game that they played. I was yeah. like, oh, that would have been even fucking creepier. They're just like. No, we just made the rest of the shit up. We just love doing this shit. Yeah. And I thought that's the route they were going to go. But, oh. Yeah. Well. I think my only, my, my biggest qualm with it was the husband, uh, Alex Lodomas, and his story arc, because, and mostly because of how quickly he changed and reverted. And I think that if they, I, it's not that it wasn't believable in the sense that he would, you know, side with his family. But I think, to me, the way he was very protective of, um grace and trying to have her free and then all of a sudden um he see they don't really tease too much even though they try to talk about it that you don't see him changing right um and then all of a sudden it's his brother passes away and then he sees you, his mom remember, I, t- I, I, asked, I asked about it when we left though do, do you think it's because when he sees that um daniel is shot and dying that he thinks grace did it yeah that's what i, I think, think is it. happening but i don't think they portray that well enough i don't think really so tell you that, that is i, I did have a big issue that grace didn't tell him who i would have been the first brother. thing i'm yeah. like hey you're fucking us your brother's, uh, your brother's wife yeah. shot him because yeah. she's a psycho yep. and she loves his lifestyle because right. i think he just kind of after that i know that once he saw his mom and what she did to his mom um, that really made him snap. I mean, that but also, I think that, if you see someone crushing your mom's skull in, yeah. I guess you'd be like, okay. It just seemed like it. And then how he was begging at the end, it was like, that just, it, it well, didn't He didn't want to like explode, too. Yeah. I mean, I, God I only knows so. what would happen when you start seeing everyone blow up around you. Yeah. I'm like, can I get out of this somehow? <laughs> I wish it would have showed he had, like, some more, like, repressed memories or something. And seeing yeah. his brother die, his mom died. You know, or something of it, yeah. Yeah, would have kind of brought all those yeah. memories back. Cause because his brother was shielding him Daniel the whole time. hit him in the beginning, so yeah. you would yeah. think. But maybe, truthfully, overall, Alex is the one that to watch out for, right? I right. guess that's what they're kind of trying to hint at. But, yeah, that's definitely one of the weaker aspects of it. Yeah, wolf in sheep's clothing. Type yeah, thing. yeah, definitely. He's uh, there's a reason why he left. It's probably because he probably liked it too much. I would assume he kind of yeah. hints at like, hey, I thought this shit was normal like growing up, and right. like he'd oh, only left like like, like similar like 18, to like eighteen uh, months prior. He'd only been gone for a year and a half, so similar, he'd been doing it till he was like twenty something. So. Uh-huh. Or similar to like the Batman theory, where, where it's like Batman doesn't kill because if he was afraid he would like it too much type of thing. Yeah, maybe. That'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty cool if that was it. Yeah. yeah, I mean they hint at it, so it's like, and that's why Aunt Helene is strongly insisting that like they need to bring him back in the fold because he's a he's apparently the most all. gifted person out of everyone in the family in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she kept saying he's like yeah. me, he, and it, it's he like knows. it's yeah, exactly, and it's like Daniel's the one that probably should have been the good guy. I mean, he eventually redeems himself by saving Grace at the end because he's even he's like this is starting to get crazy. Yeah, right? and his whole life's been affected by it, which. I mean, once again, hat, 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 hat tip to Adam Brody. He's really good in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. A good-looking son of a bitch. 
<laughs> I like that he's just like drinking the whole time. It's like, oh man. Yeah, but even he, even he's chained to his family, and he's like, I have to tell him you're here, but I'll give you a head start, kind of thing. And yeah, it's like you feel, you really feel for that guy. Like, damn, he's seen some fucked up shit, dude. Because the way everyone's talking about him at first, it's like he's the the black sheep. Oh, he's, he's the asshole. Yeah, yeah. And then it, you turn as you get to know him more, you're like, no, he's just. He grew up with a fucked up family, and he's sort of just... It's just like a lot like of people that. with a fucked up family defend their fucked up family. And yeah. he's the guy that's like, well, that's my mom and dad. Yeah. So, I mean, I, can't, I have no choice, you know? Especially because they made a deal with the devil. So, uh, Any closing thoughts, guys? No, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's still a pretty good movie. I'd say check it out. Uh, the original ideas that they do put in this movie, I think, are great. So it, it's... It's definitely worth a watch, and if you're into really dark, violent comedies, then I'd say that this is a movie for you. Yeah, honestly, I'd say it's fun, and it's an it's a fun adult film. Yeah, if you're looking for something and tired of like um, all the big blockbusters that have come out this year and need something yeah. different, once again, that's for not all the sad. people that complain about that. Like, here's your chance, guys. Yeah, this yep. is a great film to watch. Give it some support. Really, it's not it's not sad. It's so you're not looking for a deep drama, and you're not looking for something that's too mind numbing. It's just. It's a fun horror film that that'll make you laugh even at some fucked up parts. So, I, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, and I'm, I echo Nabil there. Fun movie to watch. Check it out in theaters. Okay, so that is the end of the podcast number fifty-five here. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening. Feedback, response, reviews. Marco, let them know how they can reach us out here. Check us out on our social media on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. You can also subscribe subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Thank you again to all our listeners, everyone who likes and shares us. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and give us a review on any of those platforms we just mentioned, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows, hit us up and we'll listen to you. All right, guys, listen up for next time for episode number 56, where we will be reviewing the new horror film as well, sequel to one of our favorite ones, It Chapter 2. Until next time, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.